Hello, this is Pops and the Deep Nat. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. <laughs> I can't get it right. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 227, Black Knight, Deep Purple Tribute According to New York. And coming to you from the back-to-school suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Croissant Lamp Matola. <laughs> Do you have a new piece of uh, a new accessory for, for the for the for the abode? I I do not. However, I have a funny story to go with it, as I always do. <laughs> so this one is pretty simple. So I'm I'm talking to one of my friends who's just like gets useless gifts from one of her friends all the time. She's like, well, I want to give her a useless gift. (laughs) You know, very, very tit for tat. So he's like, I'm starting to see where this is going. (laughs) What can I give her? Help me. So I literally Googled useless gifts to buy people. And the first thing that came up was a croissant lamp. It was a a lamp that was shaped like a, like a butter croissant, showed pictures of it all illuminated and everything. And I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing that existed. Screenshotted it, sent it to her, and she's like, brilliant. So and let me get this straight. Is it a, <laughs> is it the base looks like a croissant and it's got a lampshade, or is it just a big croissant that glows? That one. Okay. It's a big glowing croissant that is just like, could be sitting on the desk right next to you. <laughs> It'd be looks great like for a, like a bakery when you're like, when you're famous for your croissants and like, oh, when the light's on, we just pulled some fresh, warm croissants out of the oven. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably ridiculously large. There, there was uh, there was that one, and there was there was um, instant instant underwear, which I don't know how that <laughs> aren't underwear sort of instant already. <laughs> well, no, it was like a it was like a, a round tablet. Like I guess capsule? you just drop like a cat, and you drop it in water, and then just it makes underwear. <laughs> it seems like less instant than regular underwear, though. <laughs> Because you don't have to wait at all. And when you get your underwear normally, they're normally dry. And I'm assuming these would be like wet. <laughs> well, yeah, if you have to drop it in water. Instant like underwear. Put this capsule and- in water. The underwear will sprout in, in about 15 minutes. And then you have to dry yeah. them and you can wear them. Yeah, that one was flawed. So I, I suggested <laughs> that one anyways because I felt that it was like a worst. Yeah, it's, a that, worst one is, that one is actually more useless in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I am I am bookmarking the website for uh, Yankee swaps and whatnot for uh, this Christmas. So (laughs) beware anybody that invites me to a party. You don't have to tell me beware. I would I would love to have a glowing croissant back there. I might have to I might have to move the child in time clock over a little bit so I can (laughs) give the 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 croissant lamp some prominence. Just just illuminating your portrait of uh, Mark II or something. Yeah, exactly. It'd be perfect. There's a big croissant hovering under Roger Glover's <laughs> chin. Because, <laughs> yeah, we all know how he loves sweets. I don't know. <laughs> um, or croissants. So, yeah, croissant, French pastries. There you go. Patisseries, as it, it may be. Um, so, 
Back to school, eh? We're back to school, baby. The, the, the kids, uh, the boys got on the bus for their first day of middle school. My, and then wow. um, it started, to, it was an absolute torrential downpour. Um, so we drove my daughter to school just right after that. And uh, yeah, they're doing like a, a, a makeup first day of school tomorrow where they all like meet on the blacktop and do all that because it just couldn't happen today because it was just it was it was crazy like the the streets were completely flooded within a matter of minutes and it was just crazy and then you know 10 minutes later the sun is out and shining and everything was fine so but yeah so, everyone's back at school we had uh we, we you and i survived our our crazy summers where we've barely been able to get up so we're recording episodes like a matter of a couple of days in advance pretty much like every other podcast does yeah <laughs> yeah we're we're usually much uh we we run things differently over here at the deep purple podcast so this yeah. has been very stressful for yeah us. but because our schedules are are, are we both have Ooh. jobs where our schedules are completely random and we can't count on ever being the same week to week. We like to bank things so that if things don't happen one week, we can have a couple episodes in the bank. But we just haven't been able to do that all summer. We've been just playing catch up all summer. So yeah, soon we, we will start putting some episodes away so we can we can breathe easy if we have to. Because this would have been a perfect week where we both would have been like, nah, let's just skip it and do next week. But <laughs> that can't happen because the no. episode's got to come up in a couple days yeah well it's um as you said uh said beforehand before we hit record we severely misjudged this summer <laughs> so we did we didn't even like, we didn't see it coming at all and then all of a sudden we were like shit we, don't, <laughs> like, we can't even ever get together to record um, yeah well that was um god so that was a um so you basically you had an instant underwear morning of uh getting <laughs> the kids on the bus just torrential 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 wetness instant underwear yeah <laughs> In instant underwear. Um, I put my my uh, my immediate family on a plane back to Europe right. today. Um, so you send your family little... to Europe. I send mine to school, and then we can start busting out some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my five year old niece uh, just my my sister in law said that they have uh, my both my nieces have an uncanny ability to find these toys that they haven't played with all summer. And then all of a sudden they're the most important thing to them on the day of travel and they have to take them with them. Yep. So I'm like, great. So this one, it wasn't that bad. It was this little for the five-year-old is little baby doll, you know, like not, not that, but like maybe like a foot tall, you know, is not, not a big thing. So she's waving around. She's putting it in yoga poses and stuff. She's like, oh, look, she's making it doing downward dog and handstands and everything. But it's like, you know, one of these floppy, you know, baby doll things. So she comes over and she goes, she puts it in my face and she goes, hello, I pooped my pants. <laughs> just completely, <laughs> completely random. I just, I immediately burst it out laughing because I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the kind of, uh, it's the kind of hijinks that I'm going to be missing. Yeah, um, that, great, yeah. great fun summer with all of them. Um, glad to be back to the routine. Yeah, getting back to the routine. Yeah, it was a good fun summer here too. But yeah, it's going to be nice to get a little bit more 
normal. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, here we are. We're back at you with uh, some more episodes of the Deep Purple Podcast. Uh, Deep Purple Podcast is 100% listener supported and ad free. So if you receive some value for our show, please consider giving us some value back. And you can do so a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five star review at Apple Podcasts. Two is by buying some merch on our Etsy store. You can also become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Uh, becoming a patron unlocks the Discord for you. You get to be on our patrons only Discord and you will gain access to our ratings spreadsheet uh, where you can look at our ratings and talk about how wrong we got it um, and have all the data right in front of you. You can also donate on Cash App at dollar sign DPPOD or support us on Ko-fi. Um, we will be uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts in a uh, month's time to see Glenn Hughes performing with, well, not with Ingve, but at the same show as Ingve, who, who is opening, we still don't know. It's at the Cold Palladium headlining. in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, you can buy some tickets uh, and we'll be meeting up. So you, if you're going, contact us uh, and let us know so that we can um, we can meet up with you before the show hmm. or after and, the show. Um, and also, quick reminder, um, when this comes out, um, I guess it will be this Saturday, August 26th, also in Worcester. Beyond Purple. Oh, that's right. At, at Rascals, also in Worcester. And that will be, um, so when this comes out on a Monday, that will be that, what, Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday, okay. Saturday the 26th, Beyond Purple, performing showcase of the biggest hits from Deep Purple, White Snake, Rainbow Dio, all born out of the Deep Purple family tree. Sounds like it's right up our alley. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, Rascals and in uh in Worcester a uh, good time place for good time people we'll oh. see um <laughs> so that's <laughs> but um yeah it sounds sounds really cool never never heard them uh didn't search out any youtube clips or anything i want to go in fresh i want to see how uh how good they are um other info uh, august 26th uh time is listed at 9 p.m. uh tickets are $15 all right that's and, not, that's a steal yeah and it looks like you can uh you know, that assume that would be, uh, you know, uh, similar to a cover mm -hmm. um, or, you know, a not uh, not a bad cover. That is uh, to get in and, you know, see a band performing the Deep Purple Family Tree and you can buy them online or most likely they'll just be available at the door as well. So hopefully we will see some people there. Um, if you're in the area and interested in going, let us know. Uh, Nate will not be there, but... I most likely will be with uh, that should get more Rich. of a draw. <laughs> or, or, or will Nate be there? You know, we'll, <laughs> yeah, let's, we'll, will we'll he? Keep that Who one knows? He won't we'll be. keep that as a surprise. <laughs> Maybe I'll be there. Maybe Rich will be there. It will be a big surprise if I'm there. We don't know. Yeah, actually, I'll be surprised. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> you'll show yeah. up. <laughs> I'll sneak up behind you. Boo! All right. So speaking of our patrons, uh, at our first grouping of three at our executive level, we have at the $25 Uncommon Man tier, Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, we have Alan. At the $10 Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Jill Brees and Dr. Mike Catan. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard Mortensen, Mickel Sheen, and Will Porter, PhDPP. 
At the $10 Someone Came Tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call Saul Evans. And, of course, coming in at this tier. Mr. Fielding Fowler. <laughs> Blizz! <laughs> to extend the length of the show based on that jingle. And at the In Memoriam <laughs> tier, Gerald, Jerry, Kelly, and family, thank you so much for your support. <sighs> All right. So uh, we do have a little order of bi- a couple orders of business here. One is. Hey, oh! Hey, oh! We have an Apple Podcasts review. Ooh. This one is coming to us from Dave Rooney from the U.S. Five stars, Dave says. And I think we remember Dave. I think if it's the Dave I'm thinking of, I think it's the Dave that's been on some of our live streams. Most notably our, um, and I think it was the one that got us kicked off of YouTube and we had to regroup. Or maybe we, oh yeah, yeah, it was on YouTube, but they lost the, we had a great chat going and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was the, uh, um, Alive in Long Beach Mark IV show. A lot of mm-hmm. really great chatter going on that one. If I think it's if it's not, then correct me. Um, but anyway, Dave Rooney from the U.S. Five stars. Title, Perfect Strangers No More. Uh, Dave Rooney says, I've always considered myself a casual Deep Purple fan and more of a rainbow guy. I went into this podcast expecting to check on the occasional episode. After a handful of rainbow and Aussie episodes... I knew that the format would lend itself to my enjoyment of the Purple Albums I only ever glossed over. I'm now a hooked fan of both the podcast and the band. In middle school, my lit class had a project where we got to make three-song soundtrack for a book we were reading. I chose Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers, even though it wasn't relevant to the book. At the time, I had a copy of Stone Cold Metal, a compilation Stone Cold Steve Austin's favorite metal songs, uh, and wanted to shoehorn uh, that track in somewhere because I enjoyed it so much. And it was the entrance music to a wrestler that I liked. The franchise, Shane Douglas. The other two songs were Fly by Sugar Ray, as was the style at the time, and a techno remix of the X-Files theme. One out of three ain't bad. (laughs) P.S. Stone Cold Metal features uh, DPP alum Dio and Rainbow as well. Uh, So here's a loosely related episode for you. So, yeah, that, yeah, just think episode number 782, Stone Cold Austin's uh, heavy metal compilation wow. tape, his mixtape. <laughs> so um, was that the hundredth review? Um, let's see. Let me do my calculations. Get out the old uh, calculator here. Oh, but oh. I can guarantee you one thing. It is one review closer to review number 100. So if you want to uh, win a a to-be-determined prize uh, of Deep Purple merchandise or who knows what, uh, then just keep writing those reviews and one of you will win um, something at the 100th review. We're getting closer every single time. Um, other support, we got a uh, big thanks to Joe Dopefish Siegler, or Sigler, I should say, um, for his $6 donation on Kofi. Joe was on one of our early episodes where we, ta- we brought him on about uh, talking about Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, he writes in and says, if you don't use this towards actual coffee, there's always beer, which John can spill on the console. Keep it warm, Rhett. But that's kind of my <laughs> thing, spilling it on the console. But if he wants to, he can. Uh, but thank no, you, no. Dan- thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. We will buy uh, some sort of virtual coffee with that, or we will um, 
I'm calling it Kofi now. Let's drink some Kofi. Uh, <laughs> or save it for save it for a real one next month. Yeah, we go. Or we'll um, or we can. Well, that that could get us like a couple of coffees or we could split a beer. We could, can we have a beer with two straws? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. All right, wimp. Actually, if they if even if they, if they said all right, then they're just as bad as the person asking for a beer with two straws. Remember that? Um, um. It was the episode of uh, of Beavis and Butthead where they like got a fake ID or whatever, and they went and buy bought beer. It was like at that same that that same like convenience store they mm. always always hung out at, and then they like they I can't remember if somebody bought it for them or whatever, but they came out and they like opened the bag and like, oh, dude, they didn't even give us straws. <laughs> They're all upset. <laughs> no. oh, of course, of course. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so, um, yeah, we got one more thing before we get into into stuff. And that is, of course, postcards from the edge of Connecticut. This one coming into us from a place that you might uh, recognize in uh, Fidens, Fidens in, in yes. Italia. Beautiful. It's postmarked it in, of the Repubblica de San Marino. Is that like part of Italy or I don't know how that works. Sounds like it. Uh, but this one, <laughs> my this, geography is not so good. <laughs> um, this one uh, says, dear Nate and John, since my postcard from Cologne never made it, here is one from, uh, from, oh, from my Italian adventure today, the abandoned episode came out and I can't wait to hear it. Arrivederci, Raf Calf. Nice. So thanks, Raf. Appreciate that beautiful one for the box here. Let me oh, let me get the box. Mm. You gotta you gotta make sure we hear the sound of the card hitting the box. Here we go. Oh no that wasn't a good one. Here I'll put it back in. There we go. There there we go. That's that was a nice a good one. hollow I, sound. I might just clip that <laughs> use it in the future because the box <laughs> is way over there. Now uh do you have any more postcards? That's all. That's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. All I got well, was I one got, postcard well, today. <laughs> well, I got. Um, well, I have one. All right. Um, which, um, which I don't want him to for, like think that I forgot because it was sent to me. But this may look a little familiar. Ooh, a beautiful postcard from hell. Right, same one that you had got, I think, on last week's, and I guess I, mine arrived a little bit later. Yeah, isn't that a cool picture? Yeah, must. Which is funny because you're closer to Norway than I am by about a thousand miles. Yeah, well, either the, I mean, I also don't check my mail every day because <laughs> I would say like ninety nine percent of what I get is just bullshit. Yeah, and I, I gotta, throw it away. I, now I'm nervous that like Raf cologne postcard was like stuck in a flyer or something like mm. that. So I'm gonna be real careful. But I also it might have just gotten stuck in the mailbox. Who knows? Yeah, but um, but yeah, I got a nice uh, what, nice hell postcard as what, well. What does Newt have to say? Um, hi, John. Here's a postcard from hell for you, which is probably what yours said. <laughs> probably, yeah. Hell Norway is a recommended place to be for you. And the Purple family, who have been frequent visitors over the years. The group Deep Purple has been here twice. Um, here, and then he drew a little arrow to hell, like which the map <laughs> is underneath it. Uh, and have had solo gigs and clinics with John Lord, Blackmore's Knight, Steve Morris, Roger Glover, Ian Pace, Glenn Hughes, Hughes Turner, Dio, mm-hmm. the 
the Moody Marsden Band, Bernie, Mickey Solo, and Tony Ashton. Rock on. Wow, not a bad. So yeah, as it, as it got closer to the bottom, I was having a little problem reading <laughs> some of the names, but I think I got them all. That's awesome. Well, I so, would, uh, you know, uh, speaking with Nude, he said he would, you know, to so if I'm ever you, in that neck of the woods to come visit, and I certainly would love to. And uh, Jen and I have been talking about going like on like a Scandinavian trip. God, probably since we met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one day, hopefully we'll be able to, because I've always really, I love, uh, I mean, the the, um, the scenery, the food, like everything about mm-hmm. those countries is just beautiful to me. So I would love to go up there someday, mm-hmm. hang out with hey. Newt, hang out with Johnny Headline, uh, hang out with our the rest of our Scandinavian knights here and just have a, you know. Well, I, I say that as if Scandinavia is like, you know, Rhode Island. I'm sure, you know, they might, you know, I can't just like pop into any Scandinavian country and expect to, to see everybody. But it would be cool to, you know, hit up, you know, like uh, going to Norway, going to, uh, you know, Copenhagen, whatever, mm-hmm. seeing seeing some folks. That'd be a, a real blast. Well, hey, you know, the next time somebody's like, hey, John, go to hell. I'll be like, great. Nate, book it. <laughs> Book, yeah. Book it. <laughs> we might need a few more patrons for that airfare, but <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's going to be, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, the, 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 the computer did something really scary when I restarted for the episode. So I'm like, oh, come on, please. Uh, I think it was just like a little <laughs> glitch, but like the monitor wouldn't turn on. And I'm like, I got to oh, really boy. start. I got to really start planning for that new computer. Um, but anyway, here we are today to talk about uh, the album title, which I can never remember verbatim. Black Knight, Deep Purple Tribute, According to New York. So this one came on my, oh, do I even have it? Ah, oh, crap. I think I left it upstairs. That was stupid. All right. <laughs> well, I took it. I took it to the library oh, this man. morning to scan the booklet um, because I uh, didn't have, there There was really no great uh, scans online. But anyway, uh, this one, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it up right now uh, on the mm-hmm. screen. Deep, uh, Black Knight, Deep Purple Tribute, according to New York. Here's the album art um, as we get into it. And there it goes, and it says all the featuring. And you know, as oh, we get into this into this album, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of folks on this one: uh, Joe Lynn Turner, Al Petrelli, Vinnie Moore, Will Calhoun, Bernie Worrell, Richie Kotzen, Corey Glover, Stevie Salas, and T.M. Stevens. Um, you got the picture of the New York skyline there, with featuring the the Twin Towers, um, and uh, like a kind of like. Almost, it's almost like you're looking at it in glass because there's like a reflection of somebody playing a guitar on it. Um, so, do you know anything about this album? N- no, I don't think I have ever heard of it, seen it. Um, how um, how long ago was this? It came out in '97. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so I heard about it years ago and picked up it was after we started the show i picked up a copy and i'm like with so many other ones i said i'm gonna i'm not gonna listen to this until we get to the episode on it and we've done a couple of episodes on kind of deep purple tribute stuff um in the past and i thought this would be an interesting one the the lineup of musicians kind of uh intrigued me Uh, i love Corey glover as a vocalist um get some great players on here so i thought it'd be pretty interesting to listen to I, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it looks pretty, uh, looks pretty, you know, kind of a generic ish album cover. The album um, cover is not great. No, I mean, it, it just, it kind of looks like a, uh, 
I don't know. It looks like a compilation album cover. It, like it looks uh, like a, it looks like an out. Like if you replace the 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 print with like you know smooth sounds. I was you know I was sounds, just gonna say it's the sounds jazz of New hits. York from smooth jazz musicians or something. You yeah. know Gershwin. You know he's like all that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, just you know you can barely tell that that's a guitar in the background. But if it wasn't there, it would just be like yeah, like this looks like an album I would not want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm also not a big fan of like people that have been in the band, like being no. on tribute albums of the band that they were in. It's and like we've talked about that, I think, on the last one because Glenn Hughes, right, was on the last yeah. the remachined. And yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of weird. I mean, even if you do perform songs that maybe you weren't on or didn't perform like in concert with the band, it's still kind of odd. I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I was in deep purple that I would be like, do you want to be on this deep purple tribute album? I'm like, well, I'm kind of on actual deep purple albums. <laughs> like, and not, not, not to say it like just be snotty, but just like, it just seems weird to pay tribute to a band I was in, in, yeah. in this way. Like, like you said, doing, doing songs live is fine. But. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it might be cool for the other musicians. Like, Oh, we had a member of the band in like to like as a guest. And, but I mean, I don't know to, Joe six packs like you and me, it's not, uh, doesn't seem very like, uh, what is the, uh, what is the word? If industrious, uh, best use of space musicians, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's you just, know, it's like, may as well just have Roger Glover on. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at a certain point <laughs> you'd say, why are we re-recording these songs? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that's the uh, album cover. There's a little um, thing up here by P.M. Stevens, who was kind of the, I don't know, it seems like he was kind of the musical director of the album. He uh, he ta talks about being from New York. These are all, I, I guess the, the one thing is, th these are all people from New York. So that's why it says the New York tri tribute. And I guess maybe that's ah, why they okay. roped in JLT, which kind of makes sense. But again, right. um, so he Thanks. says... Uh, the object was to maintain the integrity of the original songs, but I had to put our big Apple feel and funk on it. Um, it would be a good thing to go back and listen to the original recordings. All right. Well, we already know how they sound. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no there's no surprise tracks on here. They're not like doing like some real deep cut. You know, <laughs> you know this. We're not. You mean we're not going to hear anyone's daughter? <laughs> no, they didn't. I you know, anyone's daughter really needs a little more funk. <laughs> um but anyway there you go um there's a there's a cool little oops i'm on the wrong computer here uh this there's a cool little collage on the inside of like the making of the album which i thought i always think is kind of cool so you hmm. see like um some of the folks playing and in the studio and stuff like that which is always kind of fun um and then back of the album, nothing crazy. Um, while we didn't like the, I should say we weren't huge fans of the album cover. This is an alternate cover that I've seen around, which is absolutely like makes me feel like I'm going to have a like a, a like a panic attack. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I hate this cover so much. It's what is it? It's that's it's like an alternate cover for the album, but it's just. Yeah, but what's the what's it's the like, picture? It looks like a sonogram or something. Well, it's as far as I can tell, you can see at the very bottom, it's that same New York skyline, very faint. And then it's like a, it's like a, a statue of an angel, an angel's wing that's illuminated with really harsh yellow and green light and then lightning bolts shooting out from behind it. Um, that makes and, no sense. And then it's got the worst one of the worst um, type 
faces I've ever seen, like this weird 3D metallic looking black knight on a on a green and yellow background. Just absolutely awful. Mm. Um, so I'd rather yeah. the smooth sounds of Deep Purple album cover. <laughs> Yeah, so if, if you go back to the original album cover, it's like, ah, this is this is relaxing to look at. The other one makes it really makes me feel uneasy looking at it. It's terrible. Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. That has nothing smooth about that picture at all. So. Hmm. So anyway, that's kind of a little bit of the background. And as we get into these songs, uh, we can talk about every song is, you know, there's some consistencies in the lineup, but every song's kind of got a little bit of a different lineup as we've kind of been through before. So we can we can kind of walk through um, who's on each track when we get there. Um, but before we get there, let's do something important, which is to thank our core level patrons. Coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, we have Michael Vader. At the $6.99 New Nice Price tier, we have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell and Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. A little quiet on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows at the $6.65 Almost Evil Tear, Kenny Wymore, Michael Bagford at the $5.99 Nice Price Tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Carl Helberg. At the 60 Kroner Scandinavian Knights Tier, we have Newt Martin Johansson. At the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier, we have Richard Fusey. At the $5 Money Lender tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hudgets, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zern, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Coyote Bong Water. Where is his thing? I can't find it. <laughs> Crap. I can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, I messed so. it. I messed it up. I messed everything uh. up. Um, but we have Coyote Bong Water, and I think I figured it out. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, I messed it up. I got to move this into the patrons. I got multiple folders going here now. All right. Um, okay. Well, thank you to all of our great patrons. Sorry if you're on YouTube and you missed half of those. Uh, but hey. <laughs> So it goes. At least it wasn't the um, Hughes-Oween one, because we would have been sitting there for like 15 <laughs> seconds of silence. Um, okay, so getting into the album tracks here, um, we'll see how the volume is. This is an album from 97, so I think this is probably a good volume right here. And um, our first track is Black Knight, the, the titular Black Knight. Mm. And... Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this is going to sound like. Well, who's who's on these? Should you say like who's on them before we? Should I do that before? Yeah, yeah, because I want to know. Okay, Black Knight is Will Calhoun on drums from uh, mm. Living Color. Uh, lead guitar Vinnie Moore, mm. who you might know as a solo artist. He was with UFO um, on rhythm and lead guitar. Al Petrelli, who of mm-hmm. course was in um, Sabotage or Savotage, as uh, the friends of, of Pot of Thunder call it. Um, <laughs> Savotage, Blue Oyster Cult, and of course Megadeth. And um, there's some. <laughs> it says street scene. So I don't know if there's like a skit or like some sort of like 
one of those little like interludes where there's like people talking. But Simon Gregory, T.M. Stevens, and Van Romaine, and on vocals, JLT. So oh, great, JLT kicking it off with Black Knight. Here we go. It's okay. Then maybe this is the, um, maybe this is the street scene. Uh. It's, it's got like. Police car. We don't need this. Hey, yo, man, where you going? What the hell is that? Was it a bunch of rappers? Like, <laughs> ooh. Definitely metalifying it. Yeah. Ooh, this is a different. Hmm. All right. It's weird they go into that weird like halftime thing. So is this like New Yorkifying it? It's like a New York funk sort of thing. No shortage of pinch harmonics. Yeah. I don't know if I like it at halftime. Plus, the, the drum fills seem very excessive. Yeah? I, I think so. I can't remember if I've heard, I mean, he, of course he did it live at some point, but I can't remember if I've ever heard JLT do this song with Deep Purple. Mm. He had to have. I mean. Well, that sounds like a weird, like, Zappa-style instrumental breakdown. And I don't know if this is Petrelli or um, who's the other one on this? Vinnie Moore. I think the first solo might have been Petrelli. And this is Vinnie Moore, if I would have to guess. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm not, I don't think I'm familiar enough with either of them. went into like a odd time signature xylophone solo right after that I'd say it was mid 70s Zappa but <laughs> it sounds like a little just like like you said with the drums like it sounds a little disjointed it almost sounds like they're not coming back in on the right time well you know I just yeah, it just sounds like everybody's, like, soloing just for the hell of it. Like, let's throw in all of our chops. Like, even JLT is, like, really hamming it up. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're very, very busy on the drums. <laughs> it's weird. It started off with this little, like, percussion thing, and it's ending with it. else really weird going off like far in the background there i don't get it it's <laughs> a little <laughs> it's a little uh, weird but before i i mean before not I give flaming away, lips weird but you know no <laughs> no i mean that's in a whole category by itself what do you think of this one um i'm gonna give it a two i didn't i didn't really like it I mean, I feel like is Black Knight being one of probably one of the first Deep Purple songs that I heard mm -hmm. um, on a album that I bought from them. I always had a special kind of, uh, you know, kind of connection to it. I really liked how uh, I, I think it was part of getting me into Deep Purple. So yeah, to kind of, I feel like it was. I don't want to say it was butchered, but I mean, it's just like, I just feel like the whole point of this song was just for everybody to just overperform and ham it up, you know, or too, too many drum fills, like throw in every pinch harmonic and like, you know, on the <laughs> guitar and JLT, just like, just really just hamming it up on the vocals way too much. Like, like we, we know that he's good. We know that he could, I, I know he can do better than this. And then the weird intro and outro, I just didn't, I didn't get it. I mean, I thought it was kind of dumb. Like, hey, yo, man, I'm going to make a Deep Purple album. It's like, well, what do you, <laughs> what do you, what do you think somebody that sounds like that is going to think? Yo, Deep Purple, who's that, man? It's just like, yeah, on the streets of New York, you're going to walk down a dark alley and they're going to know who Deep Purple is. I mean, get out of here. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I'm, you could hit it right on the nose of where I was. I'm giving it a two as well. Um, not, uh, I, I was really excited about the Corey Glover aspect of, of this album. So we'll see what happens when we get into that. But, um, for this one, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think you pretty much hit all the points that I was going to hit, which is, you know, oh, we're going to do that deep purple thing. What? Well, here we go. You know, it's like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> skits on albums are really really in my opinion i would say 90 percent of the time absolutely horrible and yeah. even if they are good they're good once or twice but then when you're listening to the album you're like what like i don't want to like i get it i've heard this stupid skit and this dumb joke a million times luckily it was very short so it's not really a big deal yeah but um, i mean it's just like your target weird... audience isn't like rappers here you know what i mean and that's what it sounded like they were talking to like people that that like were on their way to record a rap album and they're just like we're making a deep purple album and they're like deep purple who that yeah <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> well this would have been the the exact year that the um the article in projo came out with uh you know our the uh, the, the what the heck was the title of it but the you know oh, butters, butters and all that, and stuff. All that yeah. yeah so yeah um, the phrases the, so, yeah. Uh, the the hip the hip phrases that we didn't use at all but apparently <laughs> no they, one used them <laughs> somebody 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 at a newspaper decided we were using them yeah but <laughs> anyway yeah uh, i would say overall disappointing start to the album but let's see mm. um let's see what the next track brings um and before we get into it i suppose i'll tell you a little bit about it strange kind of woman um, okay, so this one's interesting. It's a, it's a, well, wait a second. It doesn't list anybody from what I have, unless I missed it. 
And the last one didn't either list anybody on bass. So I don't know hmm. who's playing bass on it. Um, I'll, maybe I'll look that up while we're listening to the song. But anyway, on drums, Will Calhoun. On guitar, um, rhythm and lead guitar, Al Petrelli. And then on vocals, Richie Kotzen. Hmm. So right. that's kind of an interesting that he's not playing guitar on this. But um, but I've heard him sing. He's a good singer. So yeah. uh, let's hear how this goes. This is Strange Kind of Woman. <laughs> Definitely that New York funk. Well, I guess I'll give them credit right off the bat. They're not. They're not going for like tr- uh, true covers or authentic covers. Or they're doing their own spin for sure. It almost makes me think of uh, the Glenn Hughes Blues album. Just yeah. a little bit. Oh, Richie Cotson was on it. So. so again, I know they're trying to do something different. Well, here we go. Let's listen to Al Petrelli's guitar. I don't like how the chorus is so similar to the verse. Hmm. Like the original is ba bum bum ba dum ba and this one is like That's it's true. got the same exact rhythm, so you can barely tell it. It does there's nothing I mean, to distinguish the it from the verse. Break really. it up a little bit, but I mean his vocals break it up a little bit, but I know what you mean. The the music is still kind of yeah, the, the backing track's the almost like the same, like, kind of... Well, they made it different here. Let's hear Al Petrelli's Richie impression. He almost has a Glenn Hughes type of yeah feel going here. It makes you wonder if, like, Hughes could have done this. There's no credit I can find for bass. That's odd. <laughs> well, slap well obviously that. somebody's in there doing the bass. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The booklet says uh, bass TM Stevens. So there you go. Okay. For some reason, he's not credited on Discogs. He should be.
I feel like the production on the drums is very like, like the cymbals are too tinny or trebly. It's just this constant like rattling in the background. Yeah, now that you point it out, yeah, there's not really, drums don't really have a lot of punch to them, huh? That was Strange Kind of Woman. John, what do you think about that one? Um, I, I like that one a little uh a little bit better. Um, I'll give it a I'll give it a 3.5. All right. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty uh mm, I don't want to say eh, maybe yeah, an inventive kind of cover. You know, they 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 funked it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think um it was uh, like you said, kind of different move having Richie Kotzen on vocals, not playing any guitar. Um, but he had a really uh, Hughesy type quality to his vocals and delivery, which makes one think um, what it could have sounded like if, you know, Mark Three or Mark Four did this song with yeah. uh, him and the band. Oh yeah, uh, good been, call. Would have been pretty cool, you know, just hear like uh, him him belting this out with uh, Tommy on guitar and, you know. Would have been pretty neat. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty uh, pretty decent uh, version of this. Um, um, so far, I, you know, I, I can appreciate how they're kind of, uh, they're kind of diverging a little bit from the original versions, but not, not too much. Mm-hmm. So it's unrecognizable. But um, maybe I don't know enough about the New York music scene in 97 <laughs> to see how this New York set up, but you know, you probably don't know that much about the New York music scene in 97. No, I know. I certainly don't. Um, I, I'll give it a three. I definitely liked it a lot better than the first track. Um, I, I thought it, I thought it was good. I thought Kotzen's vocals were probably the highlight. Um, mm-hmm. really good. The bass was also really, really cool. Um, it, to me, it reminds me of like, have you ever been like at a club or at a bar and there's a band playing like a a really divergent cover of something? And then you're you're just kind of listening in the background and all of a sudden you're like you pick up on a, a, a word or a line and you're like, wait a second, they're doing a cover of and you realize they're doing that song. Like that's kind of the, the feeling I got mm-hmm. with this one. We went into it knowing what it was, but I'm trying to think if this was on in the background, at what point would you get to where you realized and focused and said, oh, my God, this is a cover of Strange Kind of Woman. Um, mm. So it's it's cool. I, I like that they did something different. And I like that so far. Um, I think on a on a covers album, it's good to have some that are, are a little more faithful. But it's it's interesting that they're doing things so far that are um, they're trying to make it their own and make it. Uh, you know, they're funking it up yeah. with that New York funk scene in 97 that we all know so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next track up is one that I'm uh, really looking forward to. Uh, this is Fireball. It has Corey Glover on vocals, so I'm excited to hear how he does. So I just think he's a great vocalist. Um, on funk rhythm guitar, Richie Kotzen. On lead guitar, Steve Salas. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, he's a Native American guitarist. Um uh, he, interesting fact about him, at the end of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, remember when like uh, uh, Rufus is like, I play a little, and he's like, and they're like, whoa, Rufus. Yeah. This is the guy who played 
that what George Carlin was supposedly playing. Okay. Um, <laughs> to me, that was like the biggest thing for me. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, he's went on to be a guitarist and music director for Mick Jagger. Um, he's a really well-respected guitarist, so it'd be interesting to hear his playing. See if you can pick up on some of those Rufus-isms from Bill and Ted. And on keyboards, Bernie Worrell, uh, who is with uh, Funkadelic, Talking Heads, he produced Fred Schneider's uh, solo album in 1984. So I'm going to have a little, uh, you know, Funkadelic and Talking Heads and Fred Schneider are kind of <laughs> a little yeah. all over the place. But I love Parliament Funkadelic and Bernie Worrell. I know fairly, you yeah. know, not a little bit, but this should be interesting. So here we go. Fireball. Whoa. Whoa. That funky, funky clavinet there. All right, I'm digging this. That organ sounds cool. It's weird because they have like this funky clavinet and then it goes into like sort of a faithful version of the chorus. Yeah. Or pre-chorus or whatever it is. This is really good. Cool, listen to that bass too. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> oh, that's right, he's doing the bass solo. That's kind of cool because he actually kind of kept to the original solo, but like definitely threw in a lot more notes. Yeah. And a lot more slapping. Very trebly based. Oh, that was kind of common in the. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Yeah, like it was just this part of the song and I was listening to it, unless I really focused in on the lyrics, I wouldn't even know what they were what they were covering. This part it sounds very similar, yeah. but <laughs> he just keeps yelling fireball, it's like Oh, 
There we go. That's a nice little bass run right there. <laughs> I'm trying to do a little something different there. No, ending was a little odd. All right. What do you think of Fireball? That one was um, that one was really good. Um, Corey Glover did not disappoint. No, he rarely um, does. No, but neither did the uh, rest of the song. I'll give it a four. All right. Yeah, I um, I especially like to. Uh, I mean, I thought the 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 chorus. I'm, I'm sorry, the verse was really different. I like how the chorus stayed um, kind of true to the original. But I I kind of liked what I picked out in there was is like the chorus, the uh, oh my love, it's a long way where you're from, it's a long way. Mm-hmm. Is is like he phrased it the way that uh, Gillen did live. Mm. He kind of like, um, um, what's the word? Um, he kind of phrased it differently. He did the live phrasing that Gillen did instead of the way that he did it on the album, which I thought was kind of cool, which, you know, when you hear things like that, it lets you know, like, oh, these guys are familiar with like the made in Japan version, not just the, you know, or one of the bootleg versions rather than just the album version. So it's it's just kind of another cool Easter egg type thing to throw in yeah. um, uh, to a song when you really like a band. But yeah, overall, I thought it was, um, I thought this was a great version. I, I would like, I even listened to it again. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. I can't tell if he, he, if Gillen used to do that live either, but that other party changed up was like, um, things you tell me have never been told. Like, like Gillen does that, but he went never been told. He just like kind of st- stayed all on the one note, yeah. but I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, like Denmark 72 or did. something or how he sung that. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, I like, it. I'm going to also give it a four. I thought it was good. It's weird when you're ranking like cover versions cause you're, it's there's so much to like consider, right? You're 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 yeah. you're ranking it as a cover of a song that you like, so it's I don't know. It's just it's it's hard. It, and these these uh, cover albums kind of stand out a little differently in the spreadsheet, but yeah. All right, but it, it was it was good though. Oh, you knew it had to happen. Um, the next song is "Smoke on the Water." Mm. Um, on drums on this one, we got Cindy Blackman um, from Lenny Kravitz, which is awesome. Um, uh, of course, Cindy Blackman Santana now. She's married to Carlos Santana. Um, mm. On keyboards, Bernie Worrell again. Uh, other, uh, they credited as the deep, the deep New York funk gang, Richie Kotzen, T.M. Stevens, and Will Calhoun. So um, I don't know if they're backing vocals or what exactly they're doing, but vocals, guitar rhythm, and lead, Richie Kotzen. So um, mm. let's hear. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with this iconic riff? They're going to play it straight. They're going to funk it up. Let's let's hear. Mm. Smoke on the water. Okay. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> it almost sounds like that stylophone they were using on the Sputtle Surfers version. 
very fuzzed out guitar tone. I think it's bass. I think this is or, bass. Yeah, because there comes the guitar. Oh. All right. Well, very, very fuzzed out bass then. I mean, it was, yeah, it's so distorted, you can barely tell. <laughs> yeah, so far I would say it's uh, better than the Butthole Surfers. Ver- no, it's not the Butthole Surfers. Who was Flaming Lips with the guy from the Butthole Surfers. Right. <laughs> he really waited. Sure. Line. <laughs> Got it in at the last second. Must be that New York funk gang. Yeah, see, they didn't didn't change the chorus at all. I feel like it would be hard to change the chorus to this song. Like, um, do something different with it. Yeah, well, they could be smoke on successfully, the water, uh, fire in the sky. Don't ever reference that. <laughs> That was a very Husey delivery. You know, I almost wish that they, when Hughes was in the band, that they did it like this. Yeah. That they changed those songs up a little bit to fit their styles. Yeah, that would be second to just not doing them at all but that just wasn't possible well I mean if they if they felt like they had to do them maybe change it up a little bit I mean even Gillen did that when he was in the Ian Gillen band we saw some of those um were there a couple of live performances or a live performance where he made some changes to it yeah was was it um I think they did like Woman from Tokyo too and it was like really yeah it wasn't like over the top Ian Gillen bandized, but it was like really different take on it, and it was cool. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't think it's fair that Richie Kotzkin can sing and play guitar this well. (laughs) Like, he's good enough to be a lead guitarist or a lead singer of a band only, and he's, like, doing both very well. Well... He'll always have been a member of Poison, so that's on his permanent record. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's trying to make up for lost time. 
When did he join them? Like the early 90s or something? Yeah. Like 92, 93, something like that? Yeah. I just remember hearing that and being like, what? Richie Kotzen? It was kind of like when Vivian Campbell joined Def Leppard. I was like, huh? And he's not the lead guitarist? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? But here he is about 30 years later, and I'm sure his bank account is just fine. Yep. Boy, they really, they really pulled one. They really pulled one over on us. <laughs> who, who is that? Who's they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Vivian Campbell, Richie Cotton. I don't yeah. know. Hey, good for them. That one always just really baffled me. Like how creatively he'd be okay with taking a backseat to Phil Collin. Hey. <laughs> Deep Purple New York! <laughs> Alright, I mean... Ju- Whoa, this ending is bananas. Okay. <laughs> I mean, definitely nowhere near as offensive as that other cover version we heard. Oh, uh, not, no, even I mean, yeah, not even in the same ballpark. Not so. even the same universe. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, what do you think of uh, Smoke on the Water? I mean, if it's Smoke on the Water, you know? I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, I'll give it a three. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I mean, what... What can you do with smoke on the water? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they didn't do really anything really wild with it or spice it up enough where it's just like, wow, this is a really crazy version. It was it was just like it was it was fine. I think they did about as much as you could do without being without like that ruining it. Friggin flaming lips version without ruining it. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, they had the bass do the intro and they did, you know, they did, I, I could have dealt without the deep. Purple New York, like that. Yeah, that was, was kind of stupid. Uh, but then again, if you think about the time, this was even even for '97. I think it was a little late, but I remember listening to like suicidal tendencies and infectious groove and like bands like that. Like mm-hmm. even like to a to a point, like Stu Ham solo albums and things like, like they had that kind of like. <clears throat> I don't even know what to call it, but that kind of feeling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kind of see where they're going where they were going with that um but i i think so far that and the intro with like hey man we're going to do this deep purple thing it's just this (sighs) self-referential stuff it's like man we we're we're holding this album in our hands it says deep purple tribute new york like we get it like you you don't have to say it again to let us know it's it's almost like you're saying something or doing something because you don't have anything else to say yeah. You know, so it would have almost been better if they were just being like, smoke on the water or, or something. New York. <laughs> and if it's like, New York, I don't know if you know this, based on the <laughs> fact that the Twin Towers are on the cover of this album and it says New York all over it, but we're from New York. <laughs> it's like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. I would give it, I would give it a three as well. Um, but I, I think it was, 
It was fun. It was interesting. It had a lot of energy. The end, the ending was absolutely bananas. Probably unnecessarily yeah. so. Um, mm. But yeah. Hey, it's Deep Purple Tribute New York. How somehow I have lost my window. I have to find it now. I lost the window that had all my stuff on it. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay, here we go. I got it. I got it. That, that wasn't too bad. Okay. The next track up is Child in Time. Ooh, How are you going to funkify order. Child in Time? I hope instead of like the dun, 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 it's just bang, bang, bang. It's like all like slap bass. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do is just guess what's going to happen and how are they going to funkify based <laughs> this, on what we've heard so far. Be, yeah, this will be interesting because, I mean, there were there were two recorded versions of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's I don't know, I feel like we've talked about there are many different ways that it could go, how Gillen could perform it these days without doing the screaming, how Hughes could have performed it. So it's just like, you know, I feel like there's room to play with in this song, but Mm -hmm. which way are they going to go with it? I don't know. Well, on drums, we got Will Calhoun again on guitar, rhythm and lead, Richie Kotzen Mm -hmm. keyboards, Bernie Worrell again, vocals, TM Sade Stevens, um, who we know as the kind of musical director from this album. Um, inventor of the term heavy metal funk, also known as Shaka Zulu, played with Steve Vai, Joe Cocker, James Brown, and many more. So the, the kind of the, the the musical director of this project. Mm-hmm. And then also on vocals, Tony Harnell. Har- yeah, it must be Harnell, who worked with TNT and was the singer in Skid Row for like a few months in 2015. Ah, okay. <laughs> Do you know him? <laughs> I've heard his name. He's a recent singer of... Mm. Apparently he's been in and out of TNT, it looks like, a lot, like on and off, and then very brief stint in Skid Row. So um, I would assume if he's if he was singing in Skid Row for any amount of time, he's going to be able to hit those high notes and mm-hmm. how they're going to uh, – I don't know. I, I'm a little stumped as to what they're going to do with this one. I'm interested to find out. Um, here we go. Child in Time. Well, we're going with the whole nine-minute version, too. Yeah. Hmm. So the guitar is, like, kind of strumming those chords, and the keys are doing kind of like a... Like a, fun, like a gospel soul organ, sort of, almost. So far, so good. Sweet child in time. Playing it straight with the vocals. Line that's drawn between good and bad. Deep purple New York. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shooting at the world. New York. <laughs> New York. <laughs> I like I, I like this so far I mean they're really kind of yeah faithful but well of course we'll see what the instrumental middle is like but 
Not bad. Yeah. Oh, they've reggae. They made it to reggae, John. <laughs> I saw your face. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, they ruined it. Dope, 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 dope. It's like the dubstep uh, <laughs> version. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> Sweet child in time, yeah. My child, so Ivy. <laughs> so this is the TM Steven singing, I'm guessing. Actually, he's really good voice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. I mean, all right, I'll, I'll give him points for creativity. I never would have seen this happening. Well, this is like a this is like a bait and switch. They had you with the faithful version and then just mixed it up. Oh yeah, I was about to say that beginning was like clean guitar, clean vocals. Those harmonies are really nice. He said something about Rasta. This makes me think of a, uh, a cover album. I don't know how many years ago it came out called Reggae Kiss. <laughs> and it was all <laughs> reggae versions of Kiss songs. <laughs> it must have infuriated you. <laughs> I listened to it out of sheer, cur sheer curiosity. Of course. It actually was pretty cool, but I mean... I knew going in expecting that. Yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't switch. It kind of reminds me of um, like uh, Dread Zeppelin. Remember them? Hmm. Yeah. Tortelvis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Man, Richie Cotton's killing it. Yeah. They got that tremolo guitar just kind of strumming. This is awesome. I like this. Are they going to bring uh, Tony Harnell back? I feel like they are. Because they didn't so even do pretty the, much saying the verses straight. They like they didn't even do it. They just went into the reggae part. Yeah. Was it just like, oh man, I don't think we can really nail that the way Gillen did. Ah, let's just just turn into a reggae jam. And people won't notice because I didn't even really think about it until right now. Yeah. Well, now I'm not going to be as shocked. You know, I'm, I'm kind of bracing myself now. <laughs> don't be so sure they could do anything. 
They could just turn it into the, the second time they go through it, like a you know double time ska version. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Sweet child inside, see I really do like okay. those harmonies. So they're sticking with the reggae thing. But this is Tony Harnell this time, I think, singing this part. <laughs> How is this New York? <laughs> Jamaica, Queens, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. You better I guess I was not expecting this at all. I really didn't know what to expect going into this. <laughs> I wonder, does CM Stevens have like a... Is he Jamaican? Like, does he have a Jamaican upbringing? Or let's see. Oh, he played with um, Terry Bozio too. Steven v- Steve Vai, Terry, but he's played a, with a lot of the Zappa guys. Hey, well, he's nailing the uh, the vo- those yeah. vocals. Did they do this the first time? I don't think they did. Nope. Good for wow. him. Wow. Well, you would have thought that was Gillen. Ja. <laughs> Rasta. Rasta Farai. Everything I know about Rasta is from that uh, Ross Trent skit on SNL. You ever see that one? No. Oh, it's so good. It's just Andy Samberg being like one of those white Rastafarian guys with like the the white boy dreads. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. Kind of ends like a church organ almost. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. There you have it. Child in time. Like you've never heard it before. <laughs> I think of, I don't know how many folks uh, listening to this episode are familiar with this album or heard it before, but I get the feeling that many will not have heard it before. So. John, what do you think of Child in Time? So you're you're probably going to be surprised. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to give it a 3.5. All right. Um, 
I thought it was like after I got over the the shock of hearing it go to <laughs> reggae, um, it was actually pretty good. I yep. think it was. Um, I'm going to give it points for being really uh, inventive. Um, I mean, they really they went they went there and they went there like full like full on, full on. Um, I mean, the the beginning was very faithful. It was really good. I was enjoying it, and then the <laughs> reggae kicked in, and I was just like, oh, geez. But once it settled into that, it was is just kind of like they owned it and mm-hmm. they did it pretty well. And um, even the even the vocals at the end, you got to give them props for yeah, basically recreating the the screams just like Gillen did on the original while turning it into a reggae song. So I mean, um, yeah, I mean that's how you do lo- love it or hate it, you know, which is not my favorite style of music, but mm-hmm. love it or hate it, that's how you do. And a very original style cover. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would say few people attempt this song vocally and even fewer nail it. And he, he really nailed it, especially at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, would, I would say buckle up, but I'm going to give this one a five. What? <laughs> I love it. I think it's awesome. Like for all the points that you just mentioned, um, I'm not like a huge reggae fan, certainly a bigger reggae fan than you, but um, <laughs> just er- like you said, everything that they did with this was just like, it, it's clearly child in time, but it's also clearly something completely different. They touch on all the points they need to touch on. They put their all their own spins on it. Great instrumental stuff, really inventive vocal stuff. I... If we weren't recording this, I would just start it up again and play it again. <laughs> just to, like knowing what I was getting into. Um, I think it's great. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos to uh, TM Stevens and the gang for, for that one. That's great. All right. Next up, we have Woman from Tokyo. Mm. And um, you're, mm. just, you're probably getting uh, at this point where we're seeing uh, a pretty uh, I think we've probably gone through the, almost the entire cast of characters almost to this point. But on drums, Will Calhoun, guitar, rhythm and lead, Richie Kotzen, keyboards, Bernie Worrell, and then vocals, Jolyn Turner, Richie Kotzen, TM Stevens, and Tony Harnell again. So, jeez, just right, bring everybody. Four vocalists, some woman for Tokyo. What do you know? Just vocal gumbo there. And then TM Stevens, I'm assuming again on bass. And here we go, woman from Tokyo. Yo, test one, two. This is New York in the house, and this is the way we do Deep Purple. (laughs) This is the way we do it, almost exactly like Deep Purple. (laughs) I should have saved that one from one that was a little more divergent. Well, you don't know. So far, funky for sure, but pretty close to the original. I really like that really uh, that chorusy bass. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's what it's got on a chorus too. That must be JLT. <laughs> nice. 
and that must be Richie Kotzen. That's kind of cool, just having like a bunch of different vocalists. That's something yeah, different. Tr- trading off uh, lines. That's differently different. Yeah, you don't hear that a lot. You don't hear that a lot. Of, you know, Mark two, Mark three. I'm sorry, Mark three and four. Maybe Richie Cotts in there. This is another one I'm having trouble thinking of. Again, JLT must have done it at some point, but I don't know if I've Mm. ever heard him doing it. They're really busy back there. in that like reggae drum beat there. But this might be the most faithful one yet. Oh, <laughs> as the bass goes nuts. <laughs> I don't know, that that soft part, I think they kind of missed the point on it a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of bring it like down so low that when you come back, it's just like a punch. And they were a little too busy during that, I think. <laughs> yeah. But I think dynamically, so far, the album's been interesting, though. It hasn't been yeah. Mrs. Pre- just probably just before brick wall compression was really coming into vogue. So you did get a little more of that, like even like Child in Time was very dynamic. Yeah. I think the organ's a little low for like a solo. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the vocalists were kind of coming up front a little more. I'm trying to think how long. This is pretty long. 
<laughs> Say baby. <laughs> Again, though, it makes you wonder what how um how Hughes would have done this. Hmm. Yeah. So actually, this this version is only. 20 seconds longer than the original, but it feels a little longer. Yeah. thought at the end they were going tortilla <laughs> i was like oh wait that's tokyo it would be great if they were doing that they yeah, were just getting hungry in the studios <laughs> the last song we're gonna do before lunch break guys <laughs> it was in protest eyes on the prize <laughs> eyes on the prize <sighs> so john what do you think of woman from tokyo uh i wasn't completely turned off by it i'll give it a three um I I think it was mostly a faithful sounding version. I just think that there was a lot of with their whole first of all, the whole people at the beginning going, This is how we do it in New York. You know, it's like, all right, you gotta I hope we don't hear much more of that because it's stupid. Um and <laughs> welcome to New York. There was a stand-up comedian. Remember like all those shows that used to be on Comedy Central, like in the late 80s, yeah. early 90s, it would be like yeah. half hour comedy hour. And it would just they just show like bits and snippets from everybody. But I remember this one that me and Paul would we would really like record them off the TV and like play yeah. them back. And I wish I could remember who the comedian was, but I just remember it was like this guy talking about, hey, in New York, everyone's tough and everything. And people come in and, you know, like you could be like, oh, help me, somebody. I just got stabbed. They'll be like, hey, welcome to New York. <laughs> I, just, I always think of like Paul and I are always like quoting that to each other. And I, I, I wish I could remember who the comedian was. If you're listening and you know, please let me know. Um, but that's all I could think of, like that, that New York attitude. Like, hey, it's New York. Hey, forget hey, about it. You got stabbed. That's part of it. <laughs> exactly. You got the true <laughs> New York experience. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Good God. Um. <laughs> sadly, I sadly I moved there a few years after this album was uh, was being recorded. Oh. I missed out on this era, but. <laughs> but, but yeah, this um, I, I feel like the they were just like I, I like the trade off vocals. I think that some of the music was. A little too busy, especially during that uh, that bridge, that quiet, yeah. like the the quiet part. It's just like I feel like when you're when you're throwing in a bunch of stuff, just I feel like they were just throwing it in to throw it in to be just you know just because they could. It's just like don't yeah. like yeah. show a little restraint. You know what I mean? It's like just because just because you can just doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and, and yeah, the original, like you said, it goes down to almost nothing and right. then hits you right in between the eyes. Right, kind of like that that dynamic that we love about the original Deep Purple, especially live. Yep. Uh, but I think this song captured it really great because it, it almost like lulls you into this serene, you know, silence. And then it's just like, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, it's back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give it a three as well. I thought it was, 
you know, could do without the the reminders that this is a New York. It's like we get it. It's a New York tribute. <laughs> like you don't have to keep hitting us over the head. It's like again, it's yes. like all those you know when movies take place in New York and they they have to put a few like a few extra goombas in there to remind <laughs> you. You know, like that scene in in Spider Man where like they're all throwing stuff at the. Green Goblin is like, hey, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Hey, why are you giving Spider-Man a hard time? This is New York. <laughs> it's like, okay, we we know that Spider-Man is in New York. Look enough. <laughs> but hey, somebody get him an original raise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, this guy <laughs> needs some pizza by the slice. <laughs> Best pizza. Uh, don't forget to fold it. <laughs> New York style. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, yeah. Did I rank it? Yeah. I think I did. Yes. I think you rated, If I didn't, I give it a three. It a three. Okay. Yeah. Coming up next. How are they going to funkify this one? Space Truckin'. Um, this one is, oh, forgot to almost mention. Space Truckin' oh. drums, Cindy Blackman again. Love that Lenny Kravitz connection. Uh, Richie Kotzen on lead and rhythm guitars and vocals again. TM Stevens and Tony Harnell. So let's check it out. Oh, wait, I almost played Woman from Tokyo again. Space Truckin'. Whoa. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I wish it was like Bootsy. Co- it's like almost like Bootsy Collins. A shabby da dabby da doo, baby. Like that would be great. Groovy people? I like it was a question. Groovy people? Like he's reading the lyrics for the first time. Ooh, that's really like distorted bass in the background. Think about what you would be thinking if you were at like a like I said before bar or club and you heard this like you'd be like like if you were listening to this band set and they were doing this all funky mm. stuff and then all of a sudden they threw this and you'd be like oh, wait a second I know that song and it would be like kind of like fun you know and that bass solo at the beginning sounded like sounded like a Victor Wooten album. <laughs> Wing, what's that? Are you are you a dummy? What's going on? <laughs> this guy's having fun with it. I love it. Come on! Come on! Let's go! 
there is a little asterisk here in the um, booklet. It says all Jamaican drums by Will Calhoun and TM Stevens. So that would have been that weird smoke on the water part, I guess. <laughs> yeah, see, now I can understand, like, love it. I love it. And I think a lot of people would be like, that's that shtick might not be their thing. Oh, this is cool. It's like a little envelope filter on his bass. Whoa. What the what the fuck you doing? Or, or what the funk is it? Or something? The funk, maybe. <laughs> Space trucker? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you haven't figured out where you're going yet at this point in the song. Mm. Wow. That Tony Harnell is good, man. Really good at recreating the original Gillen screams there. Yeah, I mean, he's really nailing it. Good for him. <laughs> I love his, like, Bootsy Collins kind of style. Twinkle, twinkle, baby. It's like friggin' Austin Powers is, like, doing the commentary through the song or something. Very Randy, baby, yeah! <laughs> Space trucking, yeah! <laughs> wow. That was like an onslaught. And you lost <laughs> track of where we were in the song. Holy cow. All right. Jesus, yeah. Space trucking. What do you think of that yeah, one? Yeah, space trucking, baby. <laughs> Shabba-de-doo, baby. Yeah, I'll um, I'll give that, uh, I'll give space trucking a three. All right. I thought, um, I think it was a pretty... Uh, you, I mean, I was not surprised that they went with a really funk version of this. I mean, it was yeah. not, it's kind of a slam dunk. You're like, hey, what are we going to do for this one? Reggae? Like, <laughs> no. No, you're going to do this. In a, I mean, it's really easy to just be like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, with the bass. But it was, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was entertaining. Um, you know, it felt like. Um, an extension of the original, just with more, more bass and people talking through it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not a bad cover. Um, I'll give this one a four. I just think it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? I think they're having fun mm, with it. Fun, I was, yeah. I was a little worried at the beginning with the Black Knight. Um, but now, you know, you can kind of see what they're going for. And you can see at this point in the album, we're not going to get a, 100% faithful cover of any of these songs, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I like how they've put in some kind of, you know, the, they were fairly faithful at some points in this track, but then at some other points went a little overboard. But that's kind of what they're doing at this point, and I'm I'm used to it, and I'm expecting it, and I'm not, I don't know. It In other places, it might 
annoy me or wear on me, but for me, it's just like they're they're just having a lot of fun. I don't they weren't they weren't going into this in my from what I'm seeing mm. and thinking, oh, this is gonna be like a super serious tribute to Deep Purple. This is gonna be like a fun and they they kind of say so much in the in the liner notes and what TM Stevens wrote, which is just like this is like we're bringing our style of New York funk to Deep Purple, and that's pretty much as advertised so far. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm I'm having a lot of fun listening to this. So, um, and speaking of fun, the next track should be interesting. Can't imagine what they're going to do to funkify. And going into space trucking, I was like, I don't know what they're going to do to funk that up. And with this next track, same thing. Next track is Stormbringer. Hmm. Drums, Cindy Blackman again. Richie Kotzen is all over this album like like a bad rash we got a uh, bernie warrell on keyboards um <laughs> uh tm stevens doing the intro vocals or intro thunder scream in quotes i don't know what that means and then jolyn turner singing it hmm. so jlt singing stormbringer with this lineup who knows what to expect here we go stormbringer Storm! <laughs> well, there you go. Why do they feel me they need to do that? I don't know. It's just so goofy. Stormbringer! kind of miss the harmony vocals on that but yeah but JLT's doing a good job of it though oh there it is it's weird that they put the harmony on that part but not the others yeah I don't know if they did the Stormbringer Scream because it was like, you know, that that backwards vocal thing that Coverdale does on the original. I don't know. Now, I know Mark V Purple did Burn, but I don't know if they ever did Stormbringer. Hmm. He may have done it with Rainbow, though, at some point. Who knows? But it is weird, though, when you see this, like, New York funk crew gathering together, like, Mm -hmm. JLT is not in that genre at all I mean, he does a great job on the vocals here but yeah, maybe he was asked to contribute uh, just so his name would be on it maybe and just help sales you know he certainly 
got the New York part. I don't know. I like JLT singing this. I think he does a good job. Whoa. <laughs> All of a sudden, it sounds like Mark Four. Woo! Right? It's like getting tighter yeah. over here. background going like maybe it's just my dog barking upstairs heard <laughs> something going <laughs> I thought it was like a gang vocal but it's probably just my dog barking <laughs> well that kind of ended a little abruptly but Stormbringer mm. what do you think of that one John I'll I'll give that up I'll give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, pretty pretty straightforward, close to the original. Um, I know, like, I kind of got used to JLT singing it, but I just don't, like, he sang it well, technically. But, I mean, it, I prefer Coverdale singing it. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, I, but I, it wasn't like, wow, this was like a close second or anything like I mean, JLT's a... You know, we don't have to talk about what a great singer he is, but I just think there are some songs where he, you know, he just doesn't hit the mark. Yeah, I think this yeah. was one of them. It was like he did it and it was like it was all right, but it wasn't like, wow, this is this is a great version of it with JLT. It was just an OK version of it with JLT. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I like um, I, I and I thought the solo was uh, pretty good, too. Um, you know, it had a kind of a different, uh, really aggressive kind of tone to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so. I prefer Coverdale as well. But that reminds me of yeah. a story um, like 20 years ago. So Paul's girlfriend, now wife, and my girlfriend, now wife, were living together in Brooklyn with this woman who was insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, she, like, she just didn't seem to know how to be a human. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, my joke was always like, it seemed like she just like came to earth and like had a pamphlet. It was like how to fool your friends into thinking you're human or something. Cause she just was like very <laughs> bizarre. And I guess one night, like, so Paul's wife and my wife and the roommate were just talking about like some guy they, they thought was cute or so, or something. I don't even remember who it was like a famous person. 
And they were like, oh, I think this guy's cute. Oh, I think he's cute. And she was like, well, I prefer my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and Paul's wife was like, well, yeah, we all prefer our boyfriend. But like we're just kind of talking about who's cute or whatever. And it's just, I don't know, for some reason when you said I prefer Coverdale, it made me think of that. Like, <laughs> I prefer Coverdale. It's like, well, we all prefer David Coverdale. Not, not that I'm I'm lumping you in with the insane woman, but. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Just made me think. Thank of it. you. She's really weird. She would like woman over here. Whenever you were in the kitchen, like trying to cook something, she would just all of a sudden be like, oh, "I need to be in the kitchen right now." And she'd make the weirdest food. She'd just like put a pan on the stove and like put an like, entire bunch of cilantro in the pan and start steaming, steaming it. It's like, what are you even making? Like you're just ruining <laughs> that cilantro. It's just a very weird person. Um, I will give this one a three as well. <laughs> a stream of consciousness here from steamed Nate. cilantro, delicious, mm, yum. Yeah, I I like I don't know I liked I liked JLT singing it. I thought he did a good job. But yeah, this is probably the most straightforward one they've done. Mm. I would think. But yeah, anyway, one of them. Yeah. Next up is a fan favorite. <laughs> I wish I had the clip handy, but I know Mark would have it handy. But um, Speed King. <laughs> this one is by. Um, this one is Will Calhoun, Vinnie Moore, Al Petrelli, and JLT again. JLT doing Speed King. My hmm. goodness, we're getting our fill of JLT tonight. Here we go, Speed King. Pretty uh, faithful so far, but yeah. Again, I can't think of him doing this with Deep Purple, but he must have at some point. like into Zappa territory here. Mm-hmm. So this is Vinnie Moore and Al Petrelli trading off solos. Okay. Bass and drums. 
It feels like the drums keep like missing a beat or like losing time or something. Yeah, it felt like you they were losing time around that that last verse there. It, it's happened a few times, but I think I, I, I think it's intentional. But. Mm. Snare triplets. It's fading out. Wow. Yeah, that just makes me realize uh, how uh, not great the drums are produced on this album. Yeah, they just don't sound that good. I mean, yeah, it sounds like somebody great... was just like banging like a top of like a box or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm trying to or like look a, at a like an empty uh, empty bucket. You know. Yeah. Let's see if I can. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just my plastic <laughs> banging on literally on a plastic box. Yeah. Yeah, the snare just didn't sound good at all. But, I mean, Will Calhoun's a great drummer, but. Uh, Probably wasn't yeah. recorded great, yeah. Not that great, but. Anyway, what do you uh, rank Speed King? Um, I'll give that one a three as well. I feel like most of these songs are like threes. You know, this one was a, a pretty faithful recreation of the original um but uh, the more that i wish that they would get somebody else to sing these because like again jlt is good but he just he really he lacks that intensity of like what gillen brought to the original vocal i think they need somebody to do that like he sounds like i mean i don't know if it was the way he was also produced um on this because a lot of these compilation albums are notorious for being like kind of you know, they're thrown together or they have different producers or it's just really loosey-goosey in the studio type thing. So nobody really produces them like great. But he just sounded really like one-dimensional on this. You know, it's like he was hitting the notes and he was like, he was bringing it JLT style, but there was just something missing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. I would give it a three as well. I think it's a, along with Stormbringer, probably the two most faithful covers we've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, in a way like that n- little instrumental part with the guitar solos was insane and pretty interesting, but I kind of, I'm, I think I dig the ones they did that were a little bit more outside the box. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, the second to last track on the album, the penultimate track is burn going back to Mark three. Um, on drums on this one, we got Van Romaine, drummer who was a Steve Morse band drummer, worked with Dio, mm-hmm. Spencer Davis Group, Steve Vai, Kansas, Dixie Dregs, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, one of my favorites. And um, he also played drums with Deep Purple at the 1999 Concerto. So uh, along alongside Ian Pace. So uh, someone, some amazing credentials. We're doing Burn. So... Uh, Here we go, right into it.
forgot to mention Corey Glover on vocals. Okay. Lead and rhythm guitar Simon Gregory. Mm-hmm. And there is a lead guitarist. Lars Y. Loudamp, which is a uh, alter ego of a certain guitar player we should recognize once we get to the solos. Mm. See if you can pick them out. Lars Y. Loudamp. (laughs) This is awesome. I mean, this is pretty cool. I feel like it's a little obvious the other Corey Glover song sounded kind of similar, but... Yeah. Not hating Corey it. Corey Glover-fied. But the Turner ones are the most straightforward. If we can nice. pick out this famous guitarist with an alter ego. Marty Friedman. Oh, I wish. Nope. Oof. He might give himself away. Let's listen. is very typical of him. It's good. Yeah, he's a good, he's known as a good guitarist. Now we'll see if we can get it at the next... <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he just t- touched a hot pan. Ow! <laughs> He's just channeling his inner, um, his inner hues uh, via the uh, the California Jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna get a. Uh... Really thought that that was Marty Friedman. I spotted some some run in there that yeah, sounded a lot like yeah, something he would do. I never really thought of Marty Friedman in the same. Listen again. (laughs) 
Joe Stump? Nope. Mm. Listen to this. You're going to kick yourself. I am. I know I am. <laughs> oh, no, it's like, get this. Goes into like the most heavy metal thing into this funk jam. throw something in at the end that will tip you off let's listen no maybe not they're gonna like ease their way out of it funk outro (laughs) they're doing it they're doing a fade out (laughs) you can hear them in the background they'll revving up (laughs) 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 completely inappropriate to the the funk. Oh, wait a minute. Steve Morris? No. <sighs> yeah, that did that. That part sounded a little Morse. Oh, but man, Morse doesn't usually Am I in the keep right it. ballpark. I mean, it's obviously a shredder. It's it's, it's a shredder for sure. Um, Tell me. You do, do you want to know? No, I want to go to bed not knowing. <laughs> that would be the extra. Then, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to edit gonna... it into the final episode. You're going to have to listen to the episode. I'm going to drop it in somewhere. That's, that's not going to make me itch myself all night and like look at the ceiling like wondering. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a hint right here. Rich. Yeah. Young That was Rich. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ingbe? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was that was really good. Yeah, Bob. Like I'm that was shockingly good. Well, it's it's Ingbe. I mean, he's really good. No, but I mean, it's like usually yeah. he's all over the map, but I mean, it's just like it actually it sounded like a very um very composed solo. That's why I didn't recognize him because it was like you know, he was um yeah, that was I'm I'm still shocked. I have to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How would you rank Burn? Wow. Well, this was um this was probably my favorite cover on the album. So uh, I, I'm going to give it a four point five. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. This one was really good, and I am I am shocked that that was Ingve. Yeah. Um, Lars Y. Loudamp. I don't know. <laughs> I am usually when they do that, it's like something. <laughs> Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, you know what? It was your inflection. Lars Y. Loudamp. I was like, uh, Yang We. You have to get Pops to say, Lars Y. Loudamp. 
It, but it's I usually mean, something it was, contractual that they can't put their name on the album or something stupid like that. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Yeah, there was um, um there was a uh, there was an album that uh, that that Gene Simmons was on years ago, and his like um, he was on he played bass on the whole album. But and he um he played under the the name Reginald Van Helsing. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like you know it had to have been contractual. Yeah, who is but, um, who is this guy? Um, but yeah, no, that was like now I hear it. But I mean, yeah, like if if I went back and listened again, maybe I would hear it. But I mean, just not not knowing that it's just like I mean I could pick up Ingve like that. Yeah, and this was definitely like he he toned down or he decided he made some choices that were really. You know, um, I, I guess you could say like reined in, for lack of a better word, as much as as he could. But um, well, and also he has nothing to do with New York, so it's kind of a left field sort of thing. Like, and going into yeah. it cold without knowing, like I don't know if I would have been able to pick up on who it was. But I saw that name Lars. It was the only name on Discogs that didn't have a link to it, so that you could see who it was. I'm like, who is yeah. this? So I like Googled it, and I was like, oh, it's like he used that mm. moniker for some reason or another, but. Well, either way, I thought, um, I mean, I think the, I don't know, I feel like if if this were a tribute album where they had the same band going through the whole thing and mm-hmm. Corey Glover had done the lead on all these songs, this oh, would yeah. have been, like, I, they would have been, like, probably all fours across the board or fours, 4.5s, whatever, because I really enjoyed this. And it followed that same structure of, like, you know, it was it was kind of a halftime verse and yeah. then the chorus sped up and i mean he's just you know i think he's a great vocalist as well i think he was he sounded full he sounded uh really good singing these songs he was he was faithful to him while kind of doing his own thing um yeah this was a great version and the the riff sounded great too my dog is being super loud so i'm gonna have to play the uh jingle that um uh that mark emailed to me Tuesday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain, right after the paper chase. <laughs> God, shut up. I was going to say, maybe the dog agrees. Yes. Yes, I am a devil dog. Oh, God. Shut up. No, Bird, this is a great version of Bird. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What do you so, think? So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a four. I liked it. I thought it was really interesting because it kept to the original, but yet still had... Um, at the very end and she's decided she's gonna freak out uh, she's probably like why aren't you taking me for my walk yet um <laughs> these late night walks um yeah i i thought it was really interesting because i i really liked this for the same reason i like child and time and that it kept to the original but it did something new and interesting too so um mm-hmm. really cool stuff all right that brings us to our last track this one i'm a little worried about it's called deep purple new york <laughs> So I have a feeling they're going to be reminding us as we close the album out that they are from mm-hmm. New York. And this is a New York album. Um, it's also, let's see, wait, wait, wait. Okay, it's not bad. It's only two minutes long. Okay. Whew. I hovered over the All burn right. and I thought, oh no, it's six and a half minutes. No, it's only two minutes. Yikes. So it shouldn't be too bad. But it's credited rap vocal to TM Stevens, keyboards, oh, Bernie Worrell, and then the deep New York funk gang again, TM Stevens, Will Calhoun, and Richie Kotzen. Uh, is there anyone else listed on this? Um, I think that's it. So <laughs> um, whenever they do like a, uh, a tribute album and they just do like some track that's like clearly not a deep 
Purple Song or a song from that band, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, let's see what they're doing here. The only thing worse than that, in my opinion, is when they do a a remake. Or like, you know, remember when um, uh, Anthrax released like I'm the man 95 or 92 Mm. or whatever it was. And it was like I'm the man was like a two minute joke song. That was a lot of fun. And then they're like, I'm the man 95. And it's like eight minutes long. And you're like, oh, God, (laughs) it's just and it ruined absolutely everything that made the original interesting in any way. So, yeah. So here we go. Uh, We're going to kick it off. The final song on the album, Deep Purple, New York. Yeah, testing one, two, one, two from New York City. <laughs> Deep Purple, New York! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Deep Purple, New York! Yo, I want to give a shout out to the thanks to my homies. So it's like, a, it's like a credits they're doing. That's what I'm saying. Deep Purple, New York! Yo, the Bronx is in the hands. Will Calhoun, what's up? Yo, from the village, Van Romaine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Simon Gregory's in their hands. Yo, a big shout out to Corey Pace. Deep Purple, New York! That's right. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, I would say completely unnecessary at this point. Yeah, this is like, this is the end credits. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is completely unnecessary. And this is what they have liner notes for. Nice little groove in the background, though. The bomb. Terrestrial funk, yeah. Yo, my man Vay, hurry up with the tent, you know what I'm saying? Cindy Black, what's up? <laughs> it's like she just walked in. Hey, what's up? Yo, Mike Cobra, what's up? Cherry and Taka, Nashville with Fat Pat. Peace out. Mm, the fade out on top of it. What is there to say about Deep Purple New York? <laughs> that if if I had this album and it came up in a mix and this came up in like shuffle, I would be I would be upset. I'd be so mad. <laughs> Looks like so this sometimes is, it would in a shuffle like that when whenever they had hidden tracks, you know, they come yeah. up with the last song of the album. There'd be like eight minutes of silence in your shuffle. I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to go get a got to get up now and skip to the mm. next one. Yeah, that was that was not necessary. That was like the least deep purple related sounding thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. It didn't if. And that's pretty much exactly what I expected from the title of the song. But if yeah. they had done anything that was like like an original Deep Purple-esque sort of thing, I would be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, like they could have very well ended this on Burn and it would have been totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't need the end of credits. Deep Purple New York! Might have an, that might be a good jingle for us. Though. <laughs> might have to clip that little Deep Purple New York part out and see if we can use it. <laughs> All right, what do you think of Deep Purple New York then? One. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to I'm going to marry you on that one. one. Yeah, cuz I mean, you know, it's some like I mean, let's just say it had some decent funk music behind it, you know. 
things. Yeah, I mean, the, the playing on it was good, but it's just unnecessary. Like when Chris and I ran the studio, we always used to joke about whenever we had rap acts and they would be like, yeah. we'd be like, oh, my God, they got to go through the credits on every freaking song. And it's just like, you know, that's what liner notes are for. It, it just gets <laughs> I, I understand yeah. it. And I understand, you know, it's there's a difference between being like, you know, Richie Cotson, play that guitar and then going into a guitar yeah. solo and like two straight minutes of somebody being like, you know, you know, Rough House Records, uh, we represent, uh, represent <laughs> New York, represent Brooklyn and two, 2001. And, you know, like, it's, it's like the entire like it's like the fir- it's it's like reading off the, the, the first page of a book when you open a book and it says, you know, the publishing house and what year it was published yeah. and all that. It's like, eh, you know, that's in the book because no, nobody really gives a shit about that. It's just in the book. <laughs> if you need to yeah. know what year it was from, you can look it up, but you don't need to and like, I mean, you know, it'd be like if you're reading a book, chapter one. You know, it says like, uh, 1993 represent <laughs> Penguin Publishing, y'all. Like, it's like, we don't, you know, I know, like, I don't care. Like, just get into the story here. Well, the other thing, this is like, this was not a, like, this wasn't a rap album. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so what the fuck? It doesn't make any know. sense, but. Uh, but I mean, you know, it was, it was amusing. Like we were, we were laughing about it. So, I mean, it had a little value for that as well, I guess. <laughs> Somehow. I don't think that's what they were going for, but, <laughs> but it was, well, that's uh, what I got out of it, but you know, overall, I would say it's, it's I, I don't know. I had a really fun time listening to this one. I think it was oh, yeah. uh, very entertaining on mm-hmm. a number of levels. Some stuff that was really genuinely very good. Some stuff that was, you know, Interesting, different, uh, differently different, as I'd say. That's one of my favorite. Uh, well, she's on Instagram now, but she used to be on TikTok. She does that. Um, she does, did I, I send you some of her stuff, right? She's like, she she reviews like recipes. She's like, everybody's oh. so creative. And then she shows this really disgusting yeah. recipe. And she's like, wow, that looks <laughs> differently different to the eye. <laughs> It always gets yeah. me every time. Yeah, I haven't seen her stuff in a while, but yeah, it's, oh, it's pretty great. Yeah, she's, she's watching so, people make this gross shit. <laughs> people like, are like, they like put like a bunch of ground beef and like on a bunch of tortilla shells and they start mashing it together with their bare hands. It's like absolutely disgusting. She's, and then she like, when it comes out of the oven, she's like, ow! Oh! <laughs> she's like, are you, and when they taste it, she's like, are you good? Are you okay? <laughs> on the opposite end of that, there's like another guy who's like, um, He's always wearing like I think he's always wearing like chef's whites and he's just very like Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like And he's there and they're just like, Oh man, this looks great. He's like, No, it doesn't. Looks yep. disgusting. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, he's like the angry chef or something, he calls himself. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty funny. It's too. Like, <laughs> they're just like, Ooh, let me eat this. He's like, uh, she's gonna get botulism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like this dead pan, like, you know. <laughs> I would. Oh, this is a ten out of ten. Nope, zero out of zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, too good. But anyways, if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna rate this um, album or see where it, it ranks, um, it it's not showing up in the spreadsheet yet. So just let you know. Oh my goodness. Let me um let me edit that so that it does. What episode is this? Okay. Um, crap. What's the name of this album again? I can't. 
I cannot remember. New York, this. Deep Purple New York. Deep Purple New York. Black Knight Deep Purple Tribute, according to New York. Yikes. Very all, lengthy album According titles. to all of New York. According all to all of them. We all got together. We There was a referendum on our state ballot, and we all agreed that according to New York, this is Deep Purple. Yeah, um, 1997, uh, Rudy Giuliani was on it, everybody. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani is on the album. <laughs> Deep Purple New York. <laughs> all right. These guys in Deep Purple, they're really great. Um, <laughs> These guys in <laughs> I just remember when, when we lived in New York, Giuliani had like this radio show and um, <laughs> you would just lose it about ferrets. <laughs> because it was like people in New York wanted to own ferrets. And like yeah. he, it was like he was the mayor, but he had like this weird like this was like pre podcast. It would have been a podcast now, but it was before podcast. So we had like a radio show and people would call in and be like, Mayor Giuliani, I think we should be allowed to own ferrets. And he'd be like, you new people, are, if you like ferrets, you got like a, a mental illness. These are disgusting weasels that you keep. And he would go off about ferrets. <laughs> really just like, doesn't the mayor have anything better to do than just like like yell mm. at people about having ferrets? <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, me and Jen talk about that anytime anyone mentions a ferret. Oh, the disgusting weasels! <laughs> and he was like, he basically tell the people calling him in that they had a mental illness. Of course, I could also think of bigger issues in New York than not being able to own a fucking ferret at the time. But <laughs> at any rate, it was just kind mm. of amusing. Okay, I've updated the spreadsheet, and while John, thank you. While John um, uh, uh, fumbles with the spreadsheet, we will fumble with our patrons, hopefully not fumble with our patrons, and thank those people who support the show at the foundation level. Coming in at the three-pound aromatic feed tier, we have none other than Simon Ford. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Stuart McCord, Flight of the Rap Bat Blue Light. We have Ivan Fjeldboo. Runar Siemensen. J.J. Stenard, Ruinous Inadequacies, John Maselli, Jonathan, Samantha, <laughs> Mona, and then anytime from the old, somebody from the old country yeah. came, Mrs. Rosie, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Boyette, and Corey Morissette, the rhyming uh, duo at the end there. At the $1.71 I want my own tier tier. At the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. At the one pound tier, Lord Longford. And at the $1 made up name tier, we have the uh, Tombstone in New York, Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Conchero 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Kohler, and Zwapper the Electric Alchemist. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support. And um, it's worth mentioning that uh, 
with the playing of that uh, Tony Danza impression, I'm out of Tony Danza clips. I've played them all. Let me see how many I had. Let's see. I had 57 of them. So we've been doing wow. this for over a year, and I'm out. <laughs> so I don't know wow. what to do now. Maybe we'll just play the Tony Maselli, uh, the the uh, the little intro from the from the theme song. Or we could go back and play the old ones. It's kind of like when yeah. we ran out of JLT commercials. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I had no plan for when we ran out. I don't know. <laughs> you just keep playing that other clip. Mrs. Rosie. <laughs> I love that sound. Mrs. Rosie. Um, okay. Um, all right. So with that, it is time to bust out the spreadsheets. Where is it? <laughs> and it's time <laughs> to bust out the spreadsheet. It's time to bust out the spreadsheet. All right, John, where does it's kind of unfair, but <laughs> where mm. does Black Knight Deep Purple Tribute, according to New York, fall in oh. the overall album standings? Mm. Well, you won't you won't understand how unfair this is until I explain it in a minute. So, <laughs> so it's a, a six point two three combined rating. So we're we're pretty um pretty lockstep mm-hmm. um on it. So it's um it's it's a little bit below, it's one below LA Blues Authority. Blah blah blah, Glenn Hughes. Just <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Was all these freaking long album titles. Oh, that's funny because we just did that one just not too long ago, a few yeah. weeks ago. And um, it's above um, uh, Magic by Gillen, hmm. but it's four spaces below the remachined tribute, which hmm. I am violently opposed to. <laughs> I can't believe this. Has that piece of garbage song on it? Yeah, and it's well, not I mean, but, even but, above it. But the rest of that album was pretty good. Eh, I mean, I guess. But this this one was different in the way that I think this one. I would say this one's a little more fun than that one was. Um, and yeah. then, but that one had a terrible track. But of course, we gave a one to the last song on this, which probably is what hurt it. Yeah, well, maybe they shouldn't have done that. If you like 30 years ago. Yeah, if you took if you took <laughs> off the last track on this, it probably would beat. It would probably improve mm-hmm. the average enough to beat out Remachined. Because if you ask well, me, I mean, I'd probably rather listen to this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that even wasn't a song. I mean, was that even fair to rate it? Yeah, it was like credits. I mean, yeah. they called it a song and put it on there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We've um, had this issue um, before where we've had like weird tracks that we have to rank. Well, I mean that, but it also shows the the inherent problem with ranking songs like this. It's hard, you know. You could look at this and say, "Oh, this album, song by song, scored less than this album," but you might like that album better. Be- it's because right. it's not it's not a perfect <clears throat> science, right? Well, uh, either way, um, I agree. Fun album, uh, great listen. Um, honestly never heard heard it before or heard of it before until tonight. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, had a lot of fun with that one. Mm. And uh, yeah, wow, I think we went a little long tonight. <laughs> I knew... Oh, gee. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> That's a surprise. Surprise! Even though we tried to keep the opening banter to a, to a low, but um, uh, 
yeah, I think we should probably end it there. Uh, the album was a little long, so I was, I thought it was just probably too much to break it up into two episodes. But hey, we'll just mm-hmm. have a long episode for you folks that are have long commutes. I know when I have a long, com- well, I do have a long commute, so I appreciate when podcasts are long. One of our top criticisms is probably that our episodes are too long. Like I, we got one the other day. I was like, ah, I was listening to this episode, and it was it took you forty minutes to get into the songs or whatever it's like i don't know what to tell you man skip ahead it's a podcast either skip ahead or maybe it's just not for you it's it's okay Mm. but all right well that was a lot of fun and uh we'll probably be getting together in a couple of days to record the next week's episode and hopefully start to get ahead as i I hate to i hate to even mention the word but as we get into the christmas season we're gonna have to start banking some episodes so um, so yeah, if anybody uh, wants us on your Christmas episode, we have to do it in, like before November. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, book us now. <laughs> yeah, next week it's going to be like a hundred degrees here, so book us next week for your Christmas <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah we we'll have to do our Christmas episode pretty soon too. Oh, while god. we're sweating, I don't, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> All right, John. Well, we'll see you next week. Okay. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. All right. So what what episode is this? Oh, I forgot to mention that. What? It was it's episode 227. Oh. And you I was I was expecting you to <laughs> I was expecting when we said at the beginning I was expecting you to say it's John Mary Matilda or something. <laughs> we should go back then. Oh, oh Navy. <laughs> John Ugh. Mary Matilda. <laughs>